you may or may not know, you probably don't know, um, this, this last uh, semester uh, I've been teaching a doctoral class for Fried Hardman on spiritual formation, and I do that on Tuesday afternoons, and it's online, so not much reason you, you would even know that that was going on. But, but, but the whole thrust of the class is, is to think about what does God do to help people to become more spiritually minded people, right? And in that process that each one of us is going through as individuals, we also reflect, and we had our last class uh, this last week, that, that we talked about our congregations. And how do we take that information about what the Bible is saying about being spiritually minded individuals and translate that into having spiritually minded congregations? Because quite honestly, not everyone who goes to church is spiritually minded. And not every congregation that calls themselves a church even that belongs to Christ is spiritually minded. But we want to be. And God wants us to be. He wants us to see everything through a spiritual lens. If you have your Bibles, open up to Revelation chapter 2. I want to just think for just a moment about the church, about the church that met there in the city of Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. To the angel... I've got got that I'm going to turn so I can read this on my Bible. I get nervous. I copy some of this stuff down, and I get nervous. That's, that's not right. Uh, yep. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1, through, 1, verses 1 through 6. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot endure evil men. And you put to, to the test those who call themselves apostles. And, that, and they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance. And have endured for my name's sake. And have not grown weary. God says, Jesus says, I know all about the Ephesus Church of Christ. I know about so many good things that you do. Isn't, isn't, I mean, to me, to me, when you wonder, does anybody know? The Lord knows. If nobody else knows, if nobody else knows all the ways that, 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 that you serve Him and you serve His kingdom, the Lord knows those things. The Lord knows about how churches stand or they don't stand. In the case of the church at Ephesus, He says, I know that you take your doctrine seriously even to the point of putting teachers to the test. You don't just believe everything that everybody says and, and attaches the name of Christ to it. You don't believe that everything that everybody says and, and attaches God's name to it. You put it to the test. And quite honestly, I know that you've, that you've found some to be lacking. That, they, that you've stood against those things. And that you continue to persevere. You are going to persevere and nothing is going to stop you. So he says a lot of really good things about the Ephesus Church of Christ, doesn't he? But then he says this, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. So while I'm going to go over here and I'm going to say there are all these things that we would say, they're like identifying markers of a church, right? 
that 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 you're gonna you're gonna have, be full of good works and good deeds. That you're gonna have you're gonna have strong doctrines that that no one is gonna stop you from practicing. All those are wonderful things. He says, but but there's a problem I have against you, and this isn't Wes has against you. This is what Jesus says I have against you. You've left your first love. It is as if he was speaking to to a, a, a couple who had been married for many, many years, and and he says, I know of all the nice things that you do for your husband. I know that you persevere. I know that, that you're never going to leave him. You're never going to be unfaithful to him. But I know that the only reason that you're there is because you feel like that's the right thing to do, and so that's why you're doing it. And not because you love him. And, and by the way, that happens in marriages, doesn't it? All the time, people, people, leave, people leave their marriages who don't have the perseverance thing down, and they'll say, well, I just don't love him anymore. But that happens to people spiritually. And that, that's a problem, right? Because, because that, that's not what this is about. This is not just about doing the right thing at the right time in the right ways. Our faith is, is designed to go deeper than that. Isn't that the message of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount? Our faith is designed to go deeper than that, to go all the way to the heart. And so, yes, I'm faithful to my wife because that's the right thing to do. And there is a consequence if I wasn't faithful to her. I get all that, right? But I want to tell you that I'm faithful to my wife because I love her. Because she's the love of my life. Because I feel something for her. We get that? Babes, you get that? Right? I feel something for you. Right? Jimmy, put your arm around your wife. I see that. That's good. Right? So, I mean, all these things. Thomas, sorry, you got Gavin in the middle. That's what kids do to you. But anyways, but, 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 but to understand, that's what the church is supposed to be like. Where we feel something. Well, there's more than just the outward manifestations of our faith. But there's the inward reality of a love that we truly have for things that cannot be seen. So what, our question is, what does that look like? Now in this class, we spend a lot of time talking about this on an individual basis, but I want us to spend some time tonight thinking about what does, what does this look like on a congregational basis? By the way, we, we, we're going to think about these things, we're going to evaluate these things, you could probably add to this list because it's, it's not like there's just like this one big list that you work down in the Bible. I'm just saying, what are the things that you see in the Bible that, that, that are indications of spiritually minded congregations? And some of which you're going to look at and you're going to say, oh yeah, we do really well at that. Right? I hope so. You're going to come to some others and say, you know, we, we probably should give some work to that. Same thing with our marriages, Right? Y'all ever been to a marriage seminar, right? And sometimes you're sitting at the marriage seminar and you're like, yep, got that one, <laughs> no problem. And then, and then the guy will, and, and then he'll keep talking and you're like, yeah, I might want to give some attention to that. Happened to my wife, you know, at least, at least her. So that was a joke, baby, sorry. But, but, but this idea of spiritually minded congregations, well, what does that look like? Well, I think we, we should note that spiritually-minded congregations are filled with spiritually-minded people. Like, I'm thinking about how do I, how do I develop a spiritually-minded congregations? Well, what we know, this is simple, but, but we disassume it. The church is the people, right? 
The church is the people. And if you want a spiritually minded congregation, then you want you want a church that is filled with spiritually minded individuals. So if you want this congregation to be spiritually minded, the good news is that starts with you. That starts with one. And the power of one individual is so, so great. Paul says in Romans 16 and verse 5, greet the church that is in their house. He's not talking about the building in their house. He's talking about the people that are in their house. So, so, the, so the good news is we all have a little bit of power to actually, actually have some, some impact on these things. Okay, so I'm going to move quickly through these things because there's a big old long list. As a matter of fact, we'll pick up on some of this next week, okay? So I won't even try. I think I, don't, I may have like 30, like 30 points uh, tonight. She laughed, right? No, I'm not going to do 30 points tonight, okay? Yeah, it's like if you don't laugh, you'll cry. But, but uh, listen, I, I think this starts right here. Spiritually minded congregations are focused on the Word. There is a focus on the Word of God. We, we just finished our, a class on the book of Hebrews, and, and one of the things that, that Paul's talking about here, you remember he's talking about Melchizedek and the priesthood of Christ, and he says, he says to the people, by this time, you ought to be teachers. But you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. If we're going to be spiritually minded, we have, to, we have to first be focused on what God says is spiritually minded. Because one of the dangers that, that, that we face is that everyone wants to define what is spiritual. Everyone wants to define what is godly. And you've lived enough time in the world and listened to enough people talk to them to know that sometimes what people say is godly or what people say is spiritual has absolutely nothing to do with the Word of God. I was listening to a preacher here recently, and he was talking about visiting a mission work. And he made a comment about this mission work. He said, he said it appeared to me that this church had been planted by Corinthian missionaries. A little Bible joke for you there, you know, but what, what, what was he saying? He was saying, whoever came in and tried to, to set this church up, they didn't know much about the Bible. Because while these are people who gather together on the first day of every week, so much of what they do has nothing to do with the Word of God. Like, you know, that, that, that question that I'm always telling us we need to be asking, so what does the Bible say about that? And many doctrines and ideas and practices even that are near and dear to many people, even at the core of, of spiritual things. And you say, well, that has nothing to do with the Bible. But so often people don't even know that. They just believe that those things are spiritual. So to be a spiritually minded church, you're going to have to be a biblically literate church. You're going to have to let God define what it means, what it means to, to, be, to be spiritual. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. I want you to give attention to those things. So how, what are you doing to know more of the Word of God? To be, a, to be a workman that does not need to be ashamed. You ever been ashamed at what you know about the Bible? Anybody? I'll raise my hand on that. I have been embarrassed. Ten, ten different ways from Sunday that about, oh, I don't know and I should know. And, and you know what? I, don't, I didn't like that feeling. So the good news is you can do something about it. But you have to be intentional about those things. You have to grow in your faith. Nothing wrong with being a baby. 
There's everything wrong with staying as a baby. That's what he's saying to the people, to, to the Hebrews. He's, he's writing to there, right? So, so to be a people who are focused on the Word, where I can have conversations and the Word of God can be, can, 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 can be such a, a part of everything that I'm saying. I can tell you, um, I've told you this before, but that was one of the things that initially drew me to want to be a part of the Forest Park Church of Christ. That when I spoke to the elders, before I met anybody here, I, when, when, when I spoke to the elders, I just remember that, that the Word was, was just like infiltrated the language. They, they, they weren't preaching at me. They were just making references when, of course, you know this, and I'm talking about the Bible. And it was like, oh, these are, these are people who have a high importance on the Word of God. Not just on being the church and coming to church, which is a good thing, but, but to be formed by the Word, well, that's part of what it means to be spiritually minded. To, to be spiritually minded, I think it means that we are people that pray. We are a people of prayer. The, the, there in Acts chapter 4, when, when the disciples had been persecuted and they were freed to go back to the church, that's the very first thing that they did. That was their default. So when they heard that, they heard everything, all the persecution that had come there. When they heard these things, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. You read the rest of the chapter. It's just a prayer. But their default was, we need to pray. Tonight on the way to services, um, um, Travis and Beth Strockbein were in an accident. I meant to announce that when I first got up. And and we, we need to pray for them. They're fine. I don't think their car is fine. But and it wasn't, wasn't their fault or anything like that. But, 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 it, but it made me think about when we were raising our children. And we're really good at raising our children to be spiritually minded, right? And we, we pass by an, a wreck on the interstate. And what do, you, what do we do when we see a wreck on the interstate? I mean, you slow down. And like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're looking, right? You're gawking. I know other people do that, but not, not you, but, right? And, and we, we had passed by one of, the, one of these, and I don't remember which one of our kids it was, but, but they said, you think we should pray for them? You think we should pray for them? Well, out of their innocence, right, they're not nearly as jaded or cynical uh, that, that, uh, of understanding. No, yeah, of course we should pray for them. Like, this becomes the default of spiritually minded people. Spiritually minded people are always thinking, we should probably pray about that. We should probably talk to God about that. We should probably thank God for that. We should probably ask God for that. We should probably communicate to God about that. The people of prayer. And we have lots of opportunities to pray and things of that nature, but, but just to ask yourself, so do I ever pray? I don't just mean in our, in our worship assembly. We're talking about spiritual congregations made up of spiritual people. Do I ever pray? Do I ever take moments out of my life just to speak to the Father? Because I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an indication of being spiritually minded. There was a book several years ago um, that, was, that the line was, um, if you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy right? I think that's a pretty good statement. Because I want, I, want to be, I want to be thinking about godly things. Well, put in there with prayer, um, spiritually minded congregations, as I see the New Testament, 
seem to be pretty, pretty interested in fasting. Okay, I oh mean, I thought we were doing good with prayer, but this fasting thing, we're, we do a lot better on the feasting side of this, right? But, but nonetheless, and we'll talk more about this as we, as, over the next, over the next uh, year or so, but this seems to be a part of spiritually-minded congregations. Uh, the, the text is there from Acts chapter 13 and verse 3, but, but they're, sending out, they're sending out missionaries, right? They're sending out uh, Paul on this first missionary journey, and so they say, we're going to pray about it. But it doesn't say they prayed about it. Having, pr- having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Well, do we fast? And once again, I'm not taking out a billboard, but I'm thinking as a church, we struggle with this. We, we just haven't really focused in on that, but, but it's a God-given vehicle to help us, to help us be more spiritually minded. To spend time in meditation, and this one gets a bad rap because we always think of meditation in a, like a, an Eastern sort of way, you know, the, the emptying of the mind, and, in, and, in, and in, the, in the emptiness is where we hear the voice of God. That's not biblical meditation, okay? That, that, that's a bunch of man-made, made-up stuff. Meditation, from a biblical point of view, is not the emptying of the mind, it's the filling of the mind. To fill the mind with the things of God. So literally, it just means I'm going to think deeply about that thing. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. One of your translations says, let your mind dwell on these things. Like, I want to think about spiritual things. I, I love our Bible classes. I think we have the very best Bible classes of any church I've ever been a part of. But can I tell you what I really like? I really like it when we have a Wednesday night Bible class, and a few of you are really good at this. And someone will call me up on Tuesday of the next week, and there are multiple of you who do this on a very regular basis, and you'll say, I've been thinking about what we talked about in Bible class. Now, now, granted, I've already preached two sermons and taught another Bible class since, since this Bible class has gone on, okay? So, I'm, so you usually have to ca- catch me up like, okay, uh, well, what class, when do we teach that, you know? But, and then it's like, oh, oh, you mean for the last week you've been thinking about that? So is this what's going on? What, what, what more can I read about this? And listen, that's meditation. I'm thinking upon the Word. I'm filling my mind. I'm dwelling on these things. That's being spiritually minded. As opposed to, okay, you guys ever, you guys ever heard anybody read the Bible and it is as if they have no clue what they just read? Like they read the Bible right? But you don't get bonus points just for saying it out loud. It's about, okay, but, but I want to meditate on these things. It's possible to leave a Bible class and like, okay, I've been to Bible class this week. Woo, you know, get on with my life. No, no. Spiritually minded congregations dwell upon these things. They think upon these things. Sometimes, Sometimes during the day, the next week, the next month, as you go forward, where your mind is just thinking about spiritual things, so a good question might be, what have we been meditating upon lately? Koinonia is a mark of a spiritually minded congregation. Okay? I don't use a lot of Greek words, but this is, this is a really good Greek word. Okay? 
This is the word that sometimes we translate as fellowship or communion or the sharing. The text that I, I brought up was 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16. If we had more time, you can unpack this verse, but I'm, I'm assuming you know what some of this is. He's talking about the Lord's Supper, and he says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So we talk about our communion or the Lord's Supper. But, but literally a sharing. There's something that bonds us together. There's something that bonds us together in this room. It bonds us together with believers all over this world. Well, what is that thing? It's the blood of Christ. That's the bond that we have. And so we focus upon that in biblical fellowship. So if you have a party, if you have a party and it doesn't go any deeper any deeper than good food and good games and a good time had by all. Now, you can do that. That's not a bad thing, right? I like that kind of stuff. Y'all want to invite me? I'd like to come, okay? I like that. That's not fellowship. That's not koinonia. We're talking about taking a step further, not just to be a group of people who happen to meet at the same time and at the same place and under the same roof, that's a good thing, right? But, but to focus, let's go deeper than that. What, sh- what, what, what bonds us together? So all of a sudden, what, what is it that, that bonds me and Miss Ish together? Jesus. What is it that bonds me and Colin together? The blood of Christ. What, what, what is it that, that, that binds uh, me and Mike Meeks together? It is a common salvation, right? Me and Miss Peggy have a common faith. That's when we begin to focus on those things, that's biblical fellowship. I know we talk about a fellowship meal, has nothing to do with a casserole, okay? Although I like casseroles. But but it has everything to do with koinonia, the sharing of our faith. And so we might think about our conversations. Do we ever in our conversations talk about spiritual things? Uh, we, we, could be, we could be having a fellowship meal and I might say to you or you might say to me, um, Grady, what have you been praying about lately? Well, in that conversation, Brock, we're, we're, we're having this, that, that's fellowship, right? I can talk to you about, about the basketball game and how you won the basketball, and that's good, Right? But that's not fellowship. Fellowship is when we say, what do you think God's doing in your life? How do you think God is, is working? Or, or you, know, um, you know, who are you trying to share your faith with? Is there, is there something going on in your life that we might pray about? When we start having that sort of conversation, that's a spiritually minded congregation. And we can have a church that meets, but I'm talking about a spiritually minded group of people who have koinonia. That doesn't happen accidentally, right? You have, to be, you have to be purposeful about that. Well, that, that list can go on and on. We, we'll pick up uh, next week to talk about some more, and maybe you could add some. I'd love to hear what, what, what you think about, uh, about, what, uh, about what spiritually-minded congregations look like. I don't just really want your opinion. Put some text with it. 
uh, if, if, if you, if you want to make some suggestions, and maybe we can share that with everybody else, because I think the list can be long. But that's what we want to be, isn't it? I can be a part of all sorts of organizations. I can be a part of the, the Rotary Club. I could be a part of uh, the Lounge Leadership. I could be a part of um, a, a certain school organization. I, I mean, the, I'm just trying to say our culture has no, no shortage of really good things to be a part of. And I hope that you are part of a lot of things. But, but to understand those things are not the church. The church is something wholly different because the church is focused on spiritual things. The things that are unseen. That's what we want to be. Not just a group of people that meet together in the same time and the same place and, and we all, you know, we, we have the, the, same, the same name. We want to be a people who are focused on spiritual things in our life. See, this is another step. But God will transform us into that image rather than our own. Friends, if you have a need to become a Christian tonight, that's being spiritually minded, right? Why should you care? Why should you care about the invitation? Because you care about spiritual things. Because you look at your life and you say, I'm either walking with the Lord or I'm not walking with the Lord. Most people in the world don't care about whether walking with the Lord or not walking with the Lord. That's the reality, okay? But spiritually minded people do. So if you're listening and you're saying, I'm outside of Christ, I've never obeyed the gospel, I've never been baptized into Christ, well, we could do something about that. If you're looking at your life and you say, sin is ruling my life, listen, you can repent of those things because you care about those things, because God cares about those things, because those are the things that really matter. Do not settle. Do not settle for being just like everyone else. Don't settle for just good works. Don't settle for perseverance. Don't settle for just having your doctrine right. You make sure that you know the Lord and that you love the Lord so that those things will have even more power in your life. If you have a need tonight, you come as we stand and as we sing.